How are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Epic Times. Now, over the last 24 hours, Ukraine has, uh, inside of Ukraine has been absolutely insane. The stuff we were seeing happening from the Russians somewhat makes sense inside of certain areas because it's the same questions they've been asking for months. Why are they in Izium? Or why are they in Kharkiv? They have not been attempting to push south out of these areas or have been and been failing, so why are they even there? Are they doing these things inside of these regions? Like, so, they, literally, all they've been doing inside these regions have been soaking up supplies and taking casualties. And for what, what, what's the purpose? Okay. The Ukrainian military has been steamrolling the Russians. And it's honestly insane to see. Like, when I mean steamrolling, I'm going to show you guys some mapping here in a couple of minutes. And it's insane. Like, I, I can assure you guys the tone has also changed inside of Russia. Because I have seen, of course, because I get to read most of the stuff and, and, and watch them and, and look through all these sources. But they've been saying pretty much the same thing, trying to figure out someone who, who, who to blame. That's what they want to find out. Like, even better yet, the guys on Russian TV and Russian news outlets have been attempting to do the same as well. I mean, for God's sakes, this is the first time we've seen or ever even heard any of these Russian outlets that they cannot defeat the Ukrainian military. Like, them saying this publicly on their news outlets is probably not a good thing. And it shows the current state. And, of course, he called for mobilization to get it done. But at this point, I don't really see how much it's going to really do. And, of course, the random guy has to try to pin down some random idea that they need to stay uh, there to try to take out Zelensky and his Nazi regime, which doesn't really make any sense and somewhat ironic because Zelensky is Jewish. Now, this right here is the, the really is the first time to me that, that we've seen these, these men argue like this, like with each other over what needs to be done. Like we never have seen this. And they're clearly trying to figure out what needs to be done or who needs to be blamed for this failure. Like I know there are some of you guys who are, are getting somewhat of an enjoyment out of seeing this because... Well, you, you should while well, you can, because what we've seen so far coming out of these, these, these mouthpieces. Война – это очень комплексное понятие, и там есть и политическая, и есть психологическая составляющая. Вот нам за последние несколько дней нанесли очень чувствительный... Now it is also interesting that he has to remind the politician that he needs to, to watch his tongue as to what he says on TV. And I was, I was thinking the same thing when I first heard it. When I first heard this clip, because we know this isn't really something you can really get away with over there inside of Russia. Now, the, these men continue to talk about the fact that they are dealing with more advanced weapons. And they still talk about how they're going to be at war with the United States and Europe. But can we, can we just remind them real quick that it would be much, much, much worse if they were actually dealing with the country that made these weapons and trains their soldiers on these weapons for longer than just two weeks. Just going to throw that one out there. Надо было делать или раньше, или надо будет делать чуть позже, когда военная фаза закончится. А вот насколько быстро она закончится, это Now, I'm going to say that this group of men right here discussing this, this failed war inside of Ukraine has to be the most diverse group I've ever seen coming out of any Russian news network at all. Like, we have one guy who wants to talk with the Ukrainian people and wants to tell them that they're about their feelings. It kind of reminds me of the left and the right in America. Like, the right is going to be more progressive. Uh, when it comes to military actions and crazy thoughts at times. And then the left is going to be like touchy feely. They just, you know what I mean? They want to, they care more about your feelings. That's kind of what we've seen here. Uh, they, and then the guy, it's like complete pull opposite. The guy to his right, like literally it's, it's fine with the war lasting long enough to where his 10 year old child has to, has a chance to fight in it. So it's, it's, it's almost like polar, op, op, uh, polar opposite thoughts. Uh, we never get to see that like at all. Now this next clip for sure 
Like you would not believe me if you guys did not see it. Like you would not, you, I, I promise you, you would not believe me if I didn't show you this. So I have to show you a good chunk of it. And yes, I thought it was necessary to share with you guys at least half. That's only half of the video so you guys can get an understanding the amount of people that are trying to leave those puppet states you would call Luhansk and Donetsk right now. But they're like literally figuring out right now that their newly issued Russian passports are causing them refusal to actually enter Russia proper. Not these, these little tiny states that they claim to be holding. So what is Epic Times? So the Epic Times brings you breaking U.S. and world news on all of your devices and original Epic TV programs like Crossroads, Larry the Elder Show, Facts Matter, American Thought Leaders, and award-winning documentaries. Why do we trust the Epic Times over here on Speak the Truth? They're unbiased. They report important news that other media outlets ignore. They focus on clear fact-based journalism without spin or hidden agendas. Okay? They report literally facts and trust their discerning readers, that's you, to arrive at your own conclusions, just like this channel. They're resilient. Despite the facts and the attacks that many sides defamation from other media outlets, thugs burning out uh, printing presses, and assaulting our journalists, the Epic Times have continued to dedicate themselves to reporting the truth. So I want you guys to give them a try because I think you guys would actually like it. They have a special offer for my viewers right now. You guys get two months for just a dollar. You, all you have to do is go to Epic Tim. Yes, epictim.es forward slash speak the truth and hit the subscribe button. I'll put it at the very top of the description for everybody over here on the YouTube channel. That is right. You need to go to epictim.es. It is spelled E-P-O-C-H-T-I-M dot E-S forward slash speak the truth. Hey. You guys are going to like them. Unbiased news. That's what we like to do over here. It's like I like to do. So I thought I'd share it with you guys. And the tone of the Russians have uh, really, really, really shifted in the last 24 hours, even more so. Like, we've been watching so much Russian state TV for the last, I don't know, what, five or six months? Like, literally. We usually watch this thing full time. It's just, anyway, we watch it so much. So we keep seeing the same thing over and over again about how they are going to have these parades inside of Germany or they're going to have to, to nuke uh, the United States or just... So we've seen so much crazy stuff. Like, I know you guys. We have as well. Ты обязан соблюдать, ты обязан его поддерживать. Ну, что ты с этим поделать не можешь? По закону. Стоило ли об этом говорить слух или не стоило, я не знаю. Now, this guy, this guy right here, is clearly not feeling what has happened inside of Ukraine and is trying to seek someone to put the blame on. And one thing that he says is, is was towards the end that kind of struck out the uh, well, it's kind of stuck out more of those facts is is the fact that the constitution that at, inside of Russia forces all the Russians to actually help during a wartime, which might be true, and I'm sure it is. I, I think the guy may have forgotten though that the Kremlin never actually declared this as a war. Okay, it's been called a special military operation. I don't know if this was done to actually prevent the West from really getting involved at the beginning, but either way, it kind of backfired significantly. It really did. They weren't allowed, allowed to mobilize. They didn't. They weren't. They weren't allowed to utilize some of their stuff. And it's pretty much been a failed. Actually, it's been a complete failure. Failure. Like you know, when I I keep seeing the same narrative over and over again. Like this is coming up from Russian sources as well, and I unfortunately have to sift through all of them. Uh, this will actually make you smile just a tad bit because it goes back to the same type of thing we have seen coming from the news outlets. And it's a fact that they're trying to find someone to pin the blame on or a reason why the, the this went so south so fast. And I keep seeing that the Ukrainian military has a manpower advantage, which is ridiculous. They have a manpower advantage. Like there's this massive horde. Remember I said this a couple episodes back. There's a massive horde of, of Western equipment and men coming in. No, that's not true. 
It's just the fact of the matter is the Ukrainians have a will to fight. And yes, they have better weapons now. They didn't at the beginning. They didn't for the first three months. Is that not true? They're also claiming that this retreat has been very successful. And their exact words were, and I said this yesterday, by the way, if you can't defend in a territory, you leave it. This is, this is what he said. Uh, and then he goes on to say that the retreat was executed fairly well. And I personally have one question for all the Russians that are claiming this to be the case. Why are we seeing videos like this over and over again? Like we are looking at the legit collapse and failed operation of a successful retreat. Like the truth of the matter is Russia has literally supplied Ukraine with more tanks and heavy equipment than Germany has since the beginning of the invasion. And yes, I'm throwing a little bit of shade at Germany because this is true. Russia in the last 48 hours or three days, I guess you would say, has literally given more T-80s to, to, to the Ukrainians than they had at the beginning of the war. It's, it, it is kind of insane. All right, so we're going to get over to some mapping. And we'll see what's really going on inside of Ukraine. I'm going to tell you guys right now, the mapping is going to look a little bit different today. For some reason, my program that I use... I don't know what the deal is, but my program that I use was like, I say collapsing, uh, wasn't really working this morning. So the image you're going to see is more of a condensed down version. And I'm, it's, it's just going to look a little different, but it's going to still make sense. Don't know what's going on. It just kept bugging out. But So everybody that's aware, the Ukrainian progress has been very fast here lately. And taking back the ground, I've had a little bit of trouble keeping up. Uh, so I want to make sure you guys know this. I'm not going to expand the area control like too fast. Uh, I want to get proper verification before doing that. That's pretty much what we do to make sure it's very true. There's a ton of propaganda coming out right now from the Ukrainian side of how far they've gone, where they project, where they're going to get in a few days. I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to say that it's not going to happen, but I want to make sure that we don't expand the the cleared space too far, the white space too far to to the Ukrainian side, and then you're like, oh god, now it looks like the Russians are taking it all back when in fact. They never actually lost it in the beginning. So you see what I'm saying? It, it actually can go both ways. You can overexpand, and then it looks like the Russians are making a big advancement by or a big counteroffensive back. It just You just want to make sure you don't over, over don't overdo it. So I'm going to go lay it out here. We're going to see it. Uh, I'm going to relay it back to you all in a matter which I believe to be true, not skewed. Now, what we know to be true, what to be factual, is the Russian military has collapsed in the Kharkiv region, so much so that they've completely removed all their forces from, like back into Russia in this area, which you'll see in a second. Now, I, I know this to be true because the current mapping that is actually being released on the Russian MOD is is of their current front line, and there's zero Russian activity happening in the northern portion of Kharkiv, okay? Now, I'm going to show you guys a map. Now, this map you guys are currently seeing is from three days ago, okay? So this is from three days ago, as you guys can see. All this area, I'm just going to go ahead and do it right here. Wow, this is so much. So this is the area we're going to be talking about. Look how much that is, all right? This is three days ago. This was the previous episode where they started taking back more chunks and they were pushing down towards Izium and then they had an element pushing north. Okay, you guys see that? Now this is what it currently looks like. So you can tell my map is a little bit different. It's not. I can't really zoom. I can zoom in, but it's not going to look the same. Sorry, it collapsed. It just wasn't working. But as you can see, the Ukrainian military has been able to liberate a ton of towns, like a ton of towns, so much so that I'm not going to try to name any of them because we know how that goes. Um, but they didn't have to fight for these things. A lot of people are going to say that they didn't liberate them because they didn't have to fight for them, which isn't the case because the men have actually defended off the Russians over the last, what, six months in that area from being able to maneuver to any major city within the region and force them to retreat, which is a clear indication that the tide is shifting in the area. So that did happen. All this, I mean, look at all this ground. All this is over the last, I mean, this is so much, look at that. That's insane. Just, just in the last 
24 to 48 hours to taking back that massive chunk. I just want to throw it out there. Uh, I really don't see the Russians using any type of nukes in the near future at all because if you think about it, this would be literally forced America to get directly involved. And what the thing would be, the Russians can't even handle our, our another military utilizing our equipment against them. Imagine being China right now as well, seeing that the Ukrainians are using our equipment to beat back the Russians down so bad. And they're knowing this, that, that Taiwan has hundreds of millions and even if not billions of dollars worth of our military equipment protecting their island. Uh, it's probably going to make them think just a, a bit twice about hitting Taiwan. But anyway, let's go back to Ukraine. In the last 10 days alone, Russia has lost 7.7% of the land that they held with inside of Ukraine, and almost 7% of that actually came in the last seven days. 7% they've held in the last seven days. There's also some chatter about some crazy stuff that's been happening down inside of Kyrgyzstan. I'm going to wait a few minutes to talk about that since I like to shift around this, this whole mapping in a certain way. Now, I'm going to tell you guys right now, uh, the mapping I'm showing you guys, it, it's most likely going to be adjusted fairly differently in the next 24 to 40 hours. But I do believe the Ukrainians have not stopped pushing east out of here and have may have possibly liberated Lyman as well, which on this map is going to be down here. So there's Lyman. All right. So I'm, I'm saying that I think that they may be pushing like this all the way east, all the way over to here, Sivatov, like so much so that I believe. Now, just bear with me. I got to go back to my actual original map. I know this is going to not look right, but. I'm sorry. This is what I got to deal with right now. Okay, so there you go. So I just actually drew. So you guys see this big fat black line. Everything to the to the west of this is all liberated. This is this is what it normally is like. So Sivatov itself, and then all the way through here. This is the areas we we're talking about that the Russians have been that were they've been shifted. Now they some claim that the Ukrainians are all the way back into this area. Like they've actually pushed their men all the way through here. I'm not going to tell you guys that to be the case because I'm not. I don't know if I fully believe that as of just yet. I still think Lyman is still still heavily contested. Um, I, I don't know. We're just going to keep it like that. But there's reports that the Ukrainians have actually been driving on the P-66 route, which is just north of Severe Nidesk, which is right here. So this P-66 route you guys see coming out all the way through here. All right. Now, this would be the case. This would be kind of absolutely insane because they made it. if they've made it this far as of right now, this would mean they've actually cut off and isolated Severe Nidesk and List Chance, and the Russians have also been seen heading out of the city of Sivitov. That's what I'm talking about. They've been seen pushing south, okay, which means they're retreating from this area. And as we speak, this honestly could make a little bit of sense because the Ukrainians have liberated Kupiansk, so there is no need to really hold this city. And as you guys can see, it, this, this area is more or less just a crossroads. So I'm going to go ahead and delete all that. So you guys can see this crossroads I'm talking about right here. It's going to make it to where they're either going to push their supplies south or push them east, Okay. That's pretty much it. Now, since the Russians have lost Kupians, this really would hinder their ability to hold these cities of List Chance and Severe Nidesk. I do not believe they're going to be able to shift the resources fast enough to make up for the losing logistical hub that they've lost, like losing that logistical hub. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the Russians are going to be able to make this happen. I think the Ukrainians can clearly see this and they're going to continue to push as far as they can, but make sure that they're not going to overextend themselves and get themselves in like a bastone type situation which always looking back in history because it always repeats itself. Not in a sense, I'm just saying you can always learn from it. But I don't see it's going to happen. I really don't. Now, it's such a mess trying to figure out the exact locations right now. And I see sources claim the Ukrainians have actually taken back Lischance, Sivitov, and Lyman. Uh, I think that's all stretch as of right now. It's really just tough for me to say right now. And I'm, I'm comfortable showing you what we have, which is this destroyed image that's currently not working. So this is pretty much what I believe to be the case, and I'm comfortable telling you guys. Now, in regards to the Uzi front, that's it. Now, I can assure you the battle for Kiev is over, and the Russians have withdrawn. Okay. 
Now, we are going to let this area sit for the next 48 hours or so, so check back to see if any things really changed. But until then, we're not going to shift uh, too much stuff. Now, towards back model, I'm going to tell you guys right now, nothing's really happened when it comes to progress. There's only one area the Russians really have done anything. They've been, ta- they've been able to take Kodoma and Dacha, but the Ukrainians still have had the high ground on both sides, so not really a ton. Nothing's really changed. Um, uh, they continue their attempts literally to take Solodar, but they've had no success at all. Like nothing shift out of there going south uh, around Pisky. We know there's been a lot of fighting in Pisky. The Ukrainians have attempted to regain the lost area around Pisky itself. We were unsuccessful in these attempts and they lost a few tanks. So the Ukrainians did attempt to take back Pisky. Weren't successful. The Russians held it off. They lost a couple tanks and men in the process. I think these areas on the eastern side of the country will now be the main focus of the Russian military. And honestly, I don't really know what they strive to achieve because Zelensky's already stated that he's going to take all this area back along with Crimea, which at this current time, I don't seem to be unreasonable. Now, shifting over to Kyrgyzstan. Sorry, my mapping is jacked, but there's not a lot of stuff to show you when it comes to on-the-ground movement, so it's not that big of a deal, I don't think. Kyrgyzstan seems like the Russians could possibly be masking a retreat in this area, like, really. So over the last 24 hours, they've actually ramped up their artillery attacks, and it seems that their troops have actually been adjusting their positions. I cannot confirm this as of yet, but this would actually be a big deal uh, because one of these things would mean that they're kind of feeling a little bit of pressure, but I cannot confirm it. I cannot deny it. So I'm going to keep it as it is as of right now. I'm not comfortable saying it. So when I can confirm it, I will throw it out there. They could just be ramping up attacks because they're angry. I don't know. Anyway, I do love you guys. Tech back. There's a lot going on. I do love you guys. I'm out. <laughs>